Hey, Reese. Hey. How's it going? It's going great. So, um, yeah. Let's talk about this fucking Scott Pilgrim. Let's talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game, um, the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so that was the uh, opening track from Scott Pilgrim, the world, the game, the soundtrack by Anna Managuchi. Uh, so, yeah, episode six, uh, we're going uh, hog wild and we're going to do the entire Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. That's right. Um, um, th- this was uh, you were saying it's it's be real hard to cut. And I listened hmm. to it once and I'm just like, I certainly won't be making any decisions on which which ones we're cutting. Um, and this has really yeah. been, I think, the the soundtrack. You know, we we are uh, certainly, uh, you know, fans of the other stuff that we've listened to. But I think this mm. is the biggest Grand Slam for uh, for both of us. I think going so, forward. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, and, and Ana Managuchi is a, uh, it, I was I'm familiar with Dan, Don Metropolis before mm. uh, the game. Um, and then, you know, the game just, the, the you know, the Scott Pilgrim and the movie, etc. Like, I've always enjoyed them and I enjoyed the game, but it was really... Mm. The soundtrack here is really some of the best beep boop ever. Um, and I'll die on that hill. <laughs> no, I'm willing to die on that hill with you as well. Like, I think, um, like, this soundtrack is probably the best uh, Scott Pilgrim anything uh, for my money. Like, I love the game. I think the game is great. Um, I, I like the movie. Um, I think it's good. I've never actually read the comic. Um, I think I was just I was just not hipstery enough to read that comic at the time, um, but I did have some friends over in Canada who were like reading it and sort of would always go on about it, um, but it just never never sort of came over to Ireland, um, and like it was really the movie where I sort of became familiar with the the characters and everything like that. Yeah, um, I think like a lot of people really, but um, and my sort of my entrance to the movie was more to do with the fact that it was an Edgar Wright movie than any other thing. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, I am not going to speak ill of the Edgar Wright movie or the comic uh, in, mm. in a, in a celebratory podcast episode, but I just yeah. certainly don't connect with those nearly as much. No. Um, and I connect with the game a bit more just mm. because it's fucking river city ransom. And that's a yeah. real dinger pandering to me. Um, yeah. And but I think, too, is that, you know, so much about the Scott Pilgrim aesthetic is about video games that the fact that it just works as a game and all that those what are fun, but kind of awkward references, um, mm. in my opinion, sometimes anyways, it's just yeah. like straight uh, straight arcade action. It's a great time. Mm. Um, and, and it's just like the whole, through the whole thing. It's just like you, I, you almost can't. It's almost distracting how good the music is. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 right there, and it and it elevates things so much. Um, I'm I'm excited to go back and play it again because it was impossible to play for such a long time too. Yeah, that was you know that's that was a whole ordeal. Um, and like it's good that it's back on on um, you know all the digital storefronts and everything. Annoyingly, not on Steam. Um, because I was looking the other day. Um, we did talk about maybe playing it together. Um. Maybe that might be a nice thing to do on a stream some niche, but um, yeah, it's I, I'm sure it's on Switch, and uh, we're just gonna have to make sure we buy the same region. Uh, and, you know, sync that up. Let's let's never bring that up again. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I, I started bringing it's it up. Opening old wounds, man. 
<laughs> okay, then let's close them up with some more Scott Pilgrim. How about that? Yeah. Um, well, I suppose just uh, to talk a bit more about Anna Managuchi as well. Um, yeah, you mentioned the Dawn Metropolis. Um, I think that was their first EP. Or was mm-hmm. it? No, yeah, it was Power Supply was the first EP. That was what the one I got into. Um, yeah. And then, and then like um, uh, Power Supply then once that actually uh, dropped. Um, but that's when I was like, okay, I'm really into this band. Um, and there's just sort yeah. of a confluence, I guess, of a, a bunch of things I already liked. So like, you know, the the Xbox at the time was my main console. And this mm-hmm. this was the, the Xbox Live was really starting to become a thing uh, with like indie games being a bit more sort of uh, front and center. And, yeah. And then like a, a band that I liked was doing a soundtrack for a game based on a movie by uh, a person whose movies I like. So it was all just, um, you know, it made sense to me that this would be something that I would enjoy. Yeah, um, and it did have, I think that moment had a bit of a zeitgeist as well. Mm. You know, um, one of the tracks on Adam Metropolis was on the, like, the the Chris Hardwick's Big Nerdist podcast. Yeah. Um, and I felt like, and I felt like this is the one thing even the, like, the really, really embarrassing X-Play gamers um, were still kind of, like, authentically into and cool, like, yeah. um you know, uh, it's it 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 felt like it really had that moment that uh, it's it's difficult to look back and parse now, um, simply because yeah. it's just like everybody loves the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack, and it's clearly mm. there's there's so much beat boot music. But I feel like this is the first time it was really, you know, like uh, like meatheads and stoners in college were starting to listen to. Oh, this is pretty hard, actually. Like, <laughs> I, I, I converted a ton of people by just putting on uh, Don Metropolis, uh, yeah. you know, in the, in the smoke sesh or whatever. So. Yeah, and I suppose uh, compared to, like, a lot of the chiptunes and stuff that were coming out, Anna Gucci were sort of quite unique in that they did play instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those instruments were just filtered to sound a little bit more chippy. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they did have their sequence stuff as well as part of that sound, but like I think that gave it a unique sort of harder edge to it than some of the stuff that was just, and um, it was a little bit more just beep boop. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think you know it gave it that sort of more live edge, and I'm not one of those kind of people who's like, oh, you have to play real instruments to make real music. That's like no. a bullshit dichotomy. But like I think in the case of Anamanaguchi, it sort of gave them gave them a sort of a unique selling point and it gave them a little bit more mainstream appeal as well because um you know those kind of songs then didn't sound quite so like dated i guess i absolutely and i think too on top of that um i i, I you know I, I won't speak for any individual mm. uh chiptunes artist but i yeah. do feel that the mixture of the sound of playing their own musical instruments and also just having a kind of like confident nerd kind of like dressing to everything i feel like a lot yeah. of chiptune stuff was either like very broad in his presentation yeah. or was doing like a lot of covers and stuff or it's just like maybe they weren't necessarily but it just wasn't as accessible yeah. as something like anime gucci yeah um, and then i suppose but on the I've... flip side of that then you have the like the bands that were doing like covers like the advantage uh, yeah, and yeah. i think they were maybe a little bit too in their own sort of huffing their own farts about like it, there's a little bit of a joke to playing a video game song on a, a guitar and doing a shredding solo. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, you know, I felt that Anamanaguchi had a little bit more um, authenticity to it, that they were sort of, uh, there was something more to it. I'm not quite sure what, but 
Um, certainly at the time, I was like, oh, no, this is this is like the real deal. Um, yeah, I think it's it. Uh, to me, it's one of those things where it's just, you know, it's talent. It's it's mm. it's, it's there. It's there in the music. I don't think that in the end, it, it's nothing I could point on as some kind of like poetic. This is what makes Anna Managuchi work. Like sometimes yeah. when I see the posts from the bands itself, I don't uh, necessarily feel the same level. Mm. Like I don't, I don't understand how those guys are creating the music. Not to insult them at all, they seem fine. But it just, mm. it just seems fine. Like you, it, it just seems like a, such a slick, well put together, smart yeah. package. And I just think that that's it. It works, and it was, um, and it works for what Scott Pilgrim is so much too. Yeah, absolutely. Is is, really is uh, which which is this like real. T taking the all of this pop culture ephemera instead of being like nerd crew uh types about it you know you everybody yeah. finds the things that they love and they try to have sex and you know be somewhat normal uh it's and and, and that is a whole lot more uh you know it's just just a, a much smoother you know engagement process than mm. i think a lot of the kind of nerd culture stuff at the time yeah, I suppose that, yeah, like that as well. At the time, like nerd culture was still not what it currently is, where it's like nerd culture is now culture. Um, but at the time, it's it was still a little bit less sort of mainstreamed. And even just to think of like how the the idea of doing a game that was a, a, a bell scroller um, mm -hmm. back in 2010, 2011 was such like an alien concept because that, that was a dead genre. Uh, mm -hmm. And now there's like three that came out this year alone. <laughs> yeah, um, it's you know, and like Streets of Rage got her fourth game, and, and like the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and all that kind of stuff is just like, um, you know, this game sort of started that. I think it really is. Um, and so games, you know, even if uh, I I think you know maybe not necessarily my favorite type of game in this day and age mm. you look at the you look at the craft and some of that stuff and it's it's like those that turtles game has some of the smoothest 2d animations I've oh seen my god in a, in yeah a bit. it looks amazing um and and so i love that you know i not to go on about the turtles game but just to say i i love <laughs> that this has uh, has its roots in having inspired so much of games and yeah. that that what it's inspired the the quality um being recognizable and it not being anything other than just being like, yeah, it's just, um, just buckle down. People doing what they love, what they think sounds good, and you know, it has seems like it's encountered just endless shit for uh, for being that. Just Ubisoft being like, no, wait, this was an Xbox 360 game. What are you talking about? But um, <laughs> anyways, I don't want to go up too much in this whole album episode. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I suppose with that, uh, we probably talked quite enough at the, uh, in the intro. Um, so maybe we can just play some tracks. Um, so I have, I've not, um, as I said, we're going to do the whole soundtrack. Um, there are some tracks that are missing, um, just because they were never officially released. Um, but I have the, um, I have them all broken down into sections of the game rather than, um, just going through the soundtrack track by track. Um. So I'm going to start off with the first three stage musics, uh, which is Another Winter, which is the Toronto streets, uh, just like in the movies, which is the film set, uh, Rock Club, which is the Rock Club, uh, and then the three boss teams for those levels, which is um, Bollywood, um, Skater Live, and Vegetable Rock. Let's do it.
what I um, say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I suppose one thing I would probably mention before when we talk about any specific tracks is like I love about their melodies in 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 this soundtrack and it does sort of crop up elsewhere, uh, especially mm-hmm. in their earlier stuff before they started getting vocalists. Is that like a lot of their leads and melodies feel like their vocal tracks? Um, yeah, yeah. Like you can imagine that somebody saying those melodies over the song, um, which I think is a really, really interesting sort of um, aesthetic. Um, and it gives gives everything a lot of sort of, um, I don't know, like a, an energy to it that, that you wouldn't quite get the same if it was just like some fairly basic synths or, uh, or leads. Um, and I think it's just a really, really cool thing that they do. Because um, it's like they, I think the way they record, um, specifically is that like they they lay down the um uh, the the synths which would be mm-hmm. the um the actual melodies and stuff like that that i'm talking about um and then they play over those uh with their sort of filtered guitars drums and everything like that um so it's like the synths are not played live um they're sequenced in advance and they're just played like a backing track uh, when okay. they play live as far as i'm aware um so it's uh it's sort of an interesting way to sort of go about that where it's almost the opposite of what you'd normally do where you're playing over a backing track where you'd sing over the backing track yeah uh, whereas here they're sort of playing the music over a pre-recorded melody <laughs> um and i think too with with what scott pilgrim is uh you know uh so much uh centered around sex uh bomb is yeah that that ha- being able to translate um the the chip tunes in into that sound uh mm. is 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 really engaging while not feeling like you know uh you know like a like a cheap uh bar band or whatever but at the same yeah. time uh still having a vibe of, of a show you just happen to catch or something yeah um, yeah there is that sort of there's a very live show vibe to it and i think i get like that's sort of intentional as well i suppose um uh what else they say? Oh yeah, the we we talked about it a little bit during the break, but um, some of these tracks in particular, Rock Club, uh, they're yeah. just mega man tracks. <laughs> like they sound so much like, and I feel like that's a deliberate um, sort of callback is, is to these mega man soundtracks. Um, but I suppose, like I was saying, with how this the time this game came out, um, sort of the retro retro was still more of a niche thing. Um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't long. I think it was around the same time that like Mega Man Nine and Ten came out, and those were like a very deliberate attempt to go back to the original NES um, sounds um, in terms of how the music was made, in terms of how the games are actually made themselves. Um, so it's it's not sort of unexpected that a a band like this would sort of be looking to Mega Man for inspiration. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and, and I think too. Uh, I feel like. You know, it's not like uh, Mega Man has been unpopular, but I no. feel like there was a time where where a lot of people, on, on top of, uh, you know, the very basic, broad uh, video game covers, I feel like I heard a lot of uh, Mega Man 1 and 2 song covers, especially Mega yeah. Man 2, um, yeah. uh, on guitar or being played by bands. It just like, you know, and you just, you know, uh, a couple bands did it, but it's also live too. It's just something fun uh, people would toss in um yeah and maybe that's a that's a that's a unique experience but i feel it was very much a uh mm. the sound of the time to yeah. for 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 something like that because even though it is 
uh, the gameplay of Scott Pilgrim versus the world is uh, just River City Ransom Brawler. Um, it yeah. is uh, sonically, you know, trying to to embrace embrace that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose, like, even just thinking of it there, like, you know, all of those Mega Man 2, 1, 2, 3 were sort of the, the main touchstones. And mm-hmm. if you ever brought up Mega Man before, like, between, like, two, 2000 and 2010, someone would be like, oh, hell yeah, I remember playing Mega Man 2 as a kid. And, yeah. and then when you would, if you'd say, like, oh, Mega Man 9 just came out, they'd be like, what the fuck, was there a Mega Man 4 through 8? And <laughs> like, you'd be like, yes. <laughs> yes, there was. <laughs> Um, uh, we will not like, be discussing them. Uh, no, I I have no problem with them. Uh, I don't uh, particularly either. But you know, it's it, they weren't people who sort of left, got out of games as kids, and maybe sort of got back into them um, as older adults, mm-hmm. um, rather than the hyper nerds who just continued to play video games for their entire childhood and through to their um, adult years, like we did. Um, you know, those, well, it, those people maybe in their didn't. defense. Um, I would say that Mega Man was not an easy path to follow uh, no. very quickly. Um, once you started getting into the the battle battles network uh, and such Game Boy games, um, I yeah. feel like it's very easy to get lost on on which which Mega Man you're supposed to be playing. And those later yeah. numbered Mega Mans do not look like the Nintendo game as much until nine. No, um, until nine. Yeah, that was a, a deliberate sort of throwback. It, so, uh, so I can understand, but um, it's it's. I think too it it has the spirit of uh, th- that just kind of comes off as Mega Mandy because it it mm. is trying Mega Man 2E just because it is trying to be to be so engaging and have yeah. so much that kind of like upbeat energy in the That's same right, way the that that is it's trying to fit um so I I I'd, yeah. I'd be willing to to say that maybe it's not entirely purposeful even though who knows but uh um, well, the one thing that always sticks out to me is at the end of the Scott Pilgrim al- anthem, um, you get that sort of synth um, blast mm-hmm. that sounds exactly like the sound that happens when you press the start button in Mega Man Two. Oh, there you go. Like um, again to like to draw you back to like this is where the game starts. You hear this sound, and it's like this echoing sort of trill um, that it 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 almost exactly matches it. I, I think it's a very deliberate reference. Okay. Um, I would not be surprised if they were like constantly listening to the Mega Man Two soundtrack. When I, I, I'll, I, hearing that, I, I will walk back everything I've ever said in the podcast so far. So. Um, oh. I suppose we'll we'll talk a bit more about the specific tracks as well. Um, like the, I really like the Bollywood track, that first boss theme. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's good to me that like it doesn't engage in a stereotype of like what an Indian person's boss music might sound like. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good. I mean, the game does engage in a little bit of sort of musical stereotype later, um, uh, with the um uh with the Japanese restaurant theme. Um, but in this one it's like it's like a party. It's got these like samba drums, um, yeah. to give it such such a party energy. And like that's a really cool choice. Um because you know, maybe maybe Matthew Patel is really really into samba. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I I really like uh, first off just a lot of uh, real fun names for the songs. Um, mm. But I also am a big fan of Skate or Live. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I don't know. I just think each one of these songs are so uh, you know appropriate for the yeah. moment, and there's just something about Skate or Live that just feels like so. Yeah. I mean, considering the character of Lucas Lee, it's it's sort yeah, of appropriate yeah. the name, and also like 
it is a, it's a skate punk song um in structure and in like vibe um, yeah yeah you know it's got that whole sort of that chugging riffage to it um I mean, it's a it's the perfect Lucas Lee song in yeah. in, a, in a sense of where it's just like he he's not really thinking about any of this, but he is Lucas Lee. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely. Um, like uh, like uh, to talk about the movie a little bit um, before, like um, Chris Evans was the Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, you know, when he would just show up in these silly little comic book movies, he was a he was an actor I would just always always enjoy, uh, and even to this day, I think he's like the best possible person they could have gotten to play Captain America. Um, oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, for for the problems I have with Captain America as a you know as a character in the, the that franchise. But like um Chris Evans is a, a great choice and I just I love him as Lucas Lee. He's great at being an asshole. <laughs> and I don't think enough people utilize him being a complete fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, he as he is he's a dumbass in just the right way. Mm. Uh, in 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 the movie. Uh, the looking at uh, the phone, that's actually hilarious. I don't know. There's something that that is an incredibly stupid comment about reading, yeah. reading your tweets. Um, and I don't know. I love it. Uh, <laughs> just just everything about it. he He's clearly, uh, you know, it's it's he's he's got it almost, you know, uh, you know, I, he's, so, he's, like, a, he's, a he's very managed. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Very managed, but also is just like trying to to put forth this like bad boy exterior. Yeah. But it's just like I don't know. It's just a dumbass. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last track then was a, 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 another sort of Mega Manny kind of song as well. Um, the Even X Street Todd Ingram. Um, mm-hmm. Another sort of character or another actor who I enjoyed quite a lot at the time was um, oh, what's his name? I can't even remember his name now. The guy who played um, Todd Ingram in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Totally, totally blanking on his name. Um, it'll come to me. But like, um, again, another great casting choice in a movie full of really, really good casting choices. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I like that character and I liked, um, I liked him in it. Um, and that's a fun boss fight as well, actually. Um, there's like, he's got his vegan powers. Um, which um, is just, it's a very funny idea. Um, but I think as well, just like, it was maybe the first thing I ever saw that like made jokes about veganism that weren't just like, oh, they, they tell you they're a vegan all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which, is a, which is an interesting sort of thing to see at the time, because again, even to this day, the most common joke about vegan people is that they'll tell you that they're vegans. Um, so like the idea that somebody who might have accidentally eaten meat will have their vegan powers taken away. Is that's a great Clifton Collins Jr. cameo. Uh, oh, absolutely! From the yeah. vegan police. Um, perfect, cl- perfect cameo. Milk and eggs, bitch. Um, the uh, yeah, I, that, a lot of good little touches like that. In yeah, um, in the, uh, yeah, but I suppose we'll. Um, go on to the next set of tracks um so this is all actually going to be stage four um because there's a lot of different stages there's different parts to stage four uh the first three levels all had like one sort of continuous part and then the boss fight um yeah sort of after stage four the boss the, the stages do get a little bit more complicated um and i've been it's weird first... it does it gets pretty weird <laughs> it's great. um 
the first one I'm going to include anyway is Cheap Shop, which is just the shop theme, uh, just out of a lack of anywhere else to put it. Um, but it's a really good shop theme. Um, then we've got Suburban Tram, Makiya, Sushi Box, which are like the three uh, stage uh, tracks. And then finally, Rocks 300, uh, which is the boss theme. Okay. Uh, well, let's good. listen to some music.
All right. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, those are some those are some good tracks there. Um, but I mentioned it before I love the shop theme. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like it's. I think possibly the, the the biggest touchstone to me for that is like the Wii Shop music. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort of like famously a banger <laughs> in like shop music, but I think that sort of has that same sort of loungy vibe. And then just just like it comes in with this Spanish guitar and on top. You, you... <laughs> it's like a, it's just like this great punchline. <laughs> It, it never, it's I, I never even fully uh, absorbed that uh, they were doing Spanish guitars in there. And then the second you said it, it just like recontextualized the song for me. Yeah, it's just, I it's, don't know. It's, it's, it's a perfect. A perfect yeah. <laughs> we're just hanging out here. Um, there's, you know, playing the new Pokemon. There's plenty of little Spanish guitar moments, and so it's funny oh, just, yeah. uh, just to see uh, how much that sound kind of mm. like. How much that means to video games and the sort of chill, <laughs> chill vibe. Yeah, because um, it, it's it's strange as well because like it is the only time you hear like a real unfiltered instrument. Um, like everything else sounds so synthesized, even the stuff that is played live, and it's just uh, it just That's... it feels like a joke, and it's it's just <laughs> the perfect little punchline on that. Um, I love it. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's really good. I love uh, that this was all World Four stuff. Not necessarily yeah. like you know, not nothing against Roxy, uh, but uh, not not necessarily the standout stage for me. But this was mm. uh, really interesting to like, listen to it put together. Um, you know, I haven't played the game since it was on Xbox, so same. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it as much, but uh, it's it's really interesting. And I think that although with the I I remember uh, the uh, the frying Tengu in the Chingu Garden stuff being a little bit more tr- problematic than it ends up being. You know, obviously yeah. cares, but it's 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 not too bad uh, through most of it. Yeah, but it ha- it has me wondering, like, because Roxy is a ninja in this game, and she sort of is in the movie. I don't know what she is. Is she supposed to be a ninja in the comics? And is is she Asian or is she? No. A white person like she is. <laughs> she's a she's um, a white person. This this is these are um that's... if you remember uh that the, the Japanese twins, their special power is being Japanese. So I don't think uh, yes. that there's a, a sensitivity being applied. <laughs> um I mean like I, I can't really sort of say too much about it, but Brian Lee O'Malley himself being an Asian man, so um, you know, who am I to tell you that that's problematic? Um, oh, certainly... I, I just mean it generally with the game, you know. Yeah. Uh, certainly, uh, not telling... in its adaptations, I'm not sure how that actually bears out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to cancel anybody. Yeah, that, oh, no, just, know, it, um, it is just uh, interesting. Except Greta think. Thunberg. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why. Uh, um, but it, it's interesting to sort of think how, like, that stuff is not stuff I would have ever thought about like ten years ago, twelve years ago when I played this game. Uh, oh, yeah. But now it's like, oh, I'm sort of, I can't help but think about it. Um, because, like, as I mentioned, the one of these tracks is the one that sort of engages in a little bit of stereotype for the music and mm. the, the maquilla, which is um, it's fine for the most part, but there's just a couple of little bits here and there that do just have that like traditionally um, Asian sort of sound to it. The, yeah, yeah, the and stuff. It's and it's like it's not the worst thing in the world, um, but certainly it's just something that you hear and you go, Oh, that's 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 there. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, there's a little, it's still, little it's still a great track. Like I really, really like exactly. that track. Exactly. Uh, it, it actually, they they probably should just have a little, uh, you know, pop up, <laughs> uh, just letting you know that Brian uh, Leo Malley is Asian. Uh, just uh, just to calm all the SJWs like myself. Of course, yeah. Um, Suburban Tram, the first uh, level stage four track as well. Um, something I always really, really appreciate um, in a game soundtrack is when like there's a there's a train stage and they make the percussion sound like a train. Uh, it's just got that chugging train sound to it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I always appreciate people when they go that extra mile to make it sound like you're on a train. I, I like I like it when you're there. There are train levels where you arrive somewhere. Um, if I recall, this, yeah. the the train crashes into the sushi restaurant where the stage continues. Um, that just has like a. Uh, that sounds like something that would happen in the Simpsons game. You know, it's just it's just there. You're, you're having a good time. Um, and the, 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 they're having the world like change around you, taking you through, through the story. Yeah. And I think at this point now is where you get, um, I forget what it's called. It's, it's the, the like the rainbow corridor that, uh, yeah. the subspace, the subspace. Yeah. Um, yeah. which I'm sure you'll, uh, we'll talk about a little bit, but I think it's at it, this point you can enter subspace and you starting to have the weird traveling between level stuff yeah, in the game. So. That is, uh, a little uh that i never quite parsed uh at the time but uh yeah. I, I found it very interesting the way that like you could uh travel through the game um and kind of explore it while still like in, in it feeling like one of the last times it felt like a fun unlockable still not just something yeah. that was told to me um so i like yeah. that as well uh, uh, that we're getting that, into that, that part of the game it had itself a very uh specific mario reference um the, the whole subspace thing and yeah. obviously the world map that the game uses uh -huh. um, is, a, is very much a Mario 3 thing. Um, um, I, I, I've forgotten most of the references that I, I'm sure at the time I would have been like, of course, uh, but at this yeah. point, like the game exists in like the dream space in my head yeah. um, and not and not and I haven't watched a Let's Play. So. Yeah. Whereas at the time, you would just be like constantly soy facing. I, I it's, it, it was not constantly. There was once there was one consistent soy face throughout the entire time <laughs> it never went away <laughs> um but let me just check here what's next um yeah so we're going into stage five uh <laughs> again uh, the stages sort of get weirder and weirder as you mentioned like this one is um the first the first track in the block is going to be sub boss team um it's just a sort of a generic um stronger enemy team that you get for a couple of parts mm -hmm. of the game when you sort of have to stop to fight a, a mid-boss in the game in a level um the actual first level is or the actual next level then is party stronger where you're actually at somebody's party uh, and you're just beating the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> um which is it's a sort of a trope of um belt scrollers and side scrolling beat em ups that like mm -hmm. um, you're fighting in places where it doesn't make any sense to be fighting <laughs> yeah yeah or where if you were doing the fighting um you know, it would be something that uh, people would not be like, enjoying. <laughs> but then you got like people cheering you on in the background, and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, I I, I like uh, the stage starts out at Julie Powers Day of the Dead party, which I think is a great setting. Uh, <laughs> and then um, I think uh, they uh, they move to to the Katsurugi Twins uh, Club. Yeah, um, is, that, no, is the, that it? Goes to a mansion, but there's like a, a yeah, so the next stage then is is um by two is what's it called the the dragon's den. 
giant contraband robot. The dragon's den is after that, I believe. Yeah, because then you go into the the actual mansion. Um, so this oh, is okay. Yeah, I'm I'm getting a little bit. I'm getting it mixed up. Okay, yeah. I'm this. I'm sure it's scintillating yeah, uh, our viewers for uh, us to to listen to us figure out the it's, process. It's a sort of a weird. Um, again, like it's because the game gets a little bit weird at this point. Like, uh, you 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 finish the party and you go up onto the roof of the apartment building, and then a giant robot comes along and you fight the giant robot. Um, Roxy, and then that transitions into the Cat and Yagi twins' mansion. Um, somehow, I forget how the act actually transitions from that to there. Uh, and this is all part of like the same stage in the game. It's all stage five. Yeah, um, I remember at Roxy's stage, things start getting weird. Um, in terms of just that they're, they're they're pulling out all the stops, uh, yeah, um, and they're sort of just throwing logic out. Of the yeah, it, I mean, there's the, the, the evil fine. mansion with uh, you know spike pits and stuff. Um, I, yeah. I, I thought I, I I remembered it was thought it was a rock club, which I'm because of the music, but um, no, the rock club is the one um, before you fight Todd. Well, well, you know, one of one of many rock clubs in a. It's a lot of you know, it's it's a very music heavy yeah, game. Um, um, but I think when you go to their their boss level, then it's a um, it's like their studio or something. Oh, okay, yeah, um, they okay, they have uh, they have they the, you the characters will find the twins playing a huge pipe organ. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking. Classic, of. yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we've got a sub boss team party stronger, which is Julie's party, giant contraband robot, which is the robot fight on top of the roof. After that. Uh, then Shine, Shrine Brothers, uh, which is the mansion stage. And then Twin Dragons, uh, which are the Evil X Twins, the Cat and Yagi Hell Twins. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into these.
love that last track a lot. Um, <clears throat> the it's such a like electro clashy kind of track, um, and we've we've talked before about I think about how both of us really love that sort of two thousand zero of electro clash. Uh, it really gives me that sort of a vibe. Um, the um, just like those the sort of like uh, the synth arpeggios are really really cool in this. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just got this that very good electro clashy sound to it. And um, the the track before that, Shrine Brothers, the the mansion stage. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wrote down for this is this is a great marching up to your bullies front door to confront them vibe. Uh, oh yeah, because <laughs> it has these sort of like marching drums and like it, it's sort of like a Bowser's Castle theme. Yeah, um, you know, so there's that like there's that sense of dread to it, but also like um, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stand up. To it. <laughs> Oh yeah, and there's a sense of like um, real momentum as we're mm. getting up to it too. Um, where I I feel like th- everything's very f- fitting to the to the moments. Yeah. But I think too, um, as as we start to get in into it, is it the 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 harder edges um, come forward in the song a little bit. And I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm so glad we listened to this whole album. I'm having a great time. <laughs> this is this is such a banger. Uh, such I, a I it's interesting. I've listened to this album so many times. I've uh, so many of these tracks are no longer uh, like connected to any st- stage or anything. It's just yeah. the uh, it's just the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. So yeah, uh, but so that's why I sort of rearranged them to sort of match the game a little bit more because I think it gives a, a sense of progression. Um, oh yeah, is, it's you know it's 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 obviously quite intentional. Um, and you, you tend to get that more if you're playing the game, I think. But um, mm-hmm. um, and I think, like you know, if you're listening to this and you've heard the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack before, you've definitely just heard it in that specific order that's on the um, on the soundtrack that's on Spotify and everything like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was, you know, again, it was a choice to sort of try and match the up these themes together just to see how they sort of flow. Um, the subpass team um, is it's just a really really good just battle team um it's it just goes really hard <laughs> um i love it um it again like that it doesn't sort of give you any sense of space or place but it's just that sort of action theme where you're like oh shit i gotta fight now um, yeah yeah and you know it's like it's that thing in a in a belt scroller where like um you're just you're walking along and then suddenly like a bigger version of one of the normal stage enemies drops in out of nowhere <laughs> and then suddenly yeah. it's a it's a sub boss um the party stronger team or track than the the actual party itself uh like i said you're sort of just in somebody's party just causing a fucking hassle <laughs> it, um, i feel party stronger isn't isn't necessarily it, it it it's not necessarily a party theme it is a fight has broken out at the party theme. yeah because it's it, like it doesn't sound like anything you'd hear at a party <laughs> um and it's, and it's not trying to be uh you know there's it's 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 the scott pilgrim soundtrack so it's still you know as a high energetic flow but it's not i i don't know it's not dancey it's not uh yeah it, it's trying to bring you into the gateway to hell of, yeah. of these final ex-boyfriends um, yeah and like nobody's having a good time at this party scott pilgrim just showed up and started beating the shit out of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well the nerds here the nerds kicking everyone's asses <laughs> um and then the robot fight. Um, I forget what even like, like like the robot fight isn't in the movie, 
Um, no, is that something that's in the comics even, or is it just something that was just made up to sort of... I, I assume all this stuff is in the comics. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any remembrance. Yeah, again, I, I haven't read it. Apologies to those of you who have, have and are shouting at, at their phones now going, Tom, you fucking idiot. That was that was a very pivotal moment in, in volume six of the length of the comic book. <laughs> um, but it's I'm a cool team, uh, cool fight yeah, yeah. team. It's a little bit slower, I think, than the other ones. It's got a sort of a like a sort of a prog rock kind of vibe to it. Um, but the the first thing I thought of when I heard the the sort of opening to it was um the um the Evangelion Angel Attack theme. Um where you have those like boom, 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 boom kind of drums. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, it's not fully like that, but it it sort of for a moment I was just like it kind of has that sort of vibe to it. And I'm I don't think it was a deliberate reference like some of the other more specific references, um, but I, I did think it was sort of interesting that it gave me that thought immediately when I listened to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, I would also ahead. like to point out earlier that I got the, the names uh, of Kyle and Kin Katayanagi correct. Um, oh, so yes. I, am, I, I am correcting that, and uh, yeah. you may cancel me later. Uh, we will be holding a public execution on Mastodon next week. I can't wait. Um, but only if you're in the right instance. We've defrederated <laughs> the entire social Man, I, I'm not going to get executed even if I wanted to under those <laughs> conditions. Um, um, this is really going to date this podcast. <laughs> but once everybody like gets bored of not being on Twitter anymore and goes back to mm-hmm. it within the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, so let's jump into the next, uh, or I suppose this is the last big block of tracks. Um, so it's uh, the sixth six stage, the park. I think it's a shorter stage. Um, I re- I, the, it's one of those stages that always sort of, I will remember similarly to the first stage, um, that it's just like, it has such a very specific vibe to it. Because uh, yeah. it's all at like, uh, at like twilight sort of sundown. Um, so it just it, it gives it this uh, this very particular vibe and the track is great um, and it's like it's a short short stage is more of like a transition stage to get to the boss um, mm-hmm. and it is a full stage um, uh, again like after the last two stages which themselves are like three parters and were a little bit longer and um, you know it's it's a it's a little shorter and then you have the boss against uh, Neg- the boss fight against Nega Scott um, yeah so I put those two together. Um, just to sort of like put all of t- stage seven stuff together as well. So um, the, the, the final stage then is Come On Down and Technoman, um, followed by Gideon Wrath Part One and Part Two. Um, I guess, like, yeah, it's a must. I don't remember the boss fight specifically. Um, but yeah, I guess it must be like a two parter. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's a, it's a cool, um, like, it's a cool ending to the game, I think. Um, I say we'll talk about it later, I suppose, but yeah, uh, let's jump into these tracks. Let's do it.
So um, not to sort of beat the Mega Man drum too hard again, but like uh, the two um, seven stages for like uh, Gideon and the Come On Down and Techno Man are definitely like 100% Mega Man, Dr. Wily um, references, uh, especially Techno Man, like that is Mega Man 2's Dr. Wily stage, just like 100%. <laughs> Yeah, uh, by saying maybe it wasn't Mega Man earlier, uh, I was providing a context to show how literally everything is Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is It is very clearly that. And they're having, um, like I was looking up uh, about the boss fight and mm. the, the final moments of the fight against Gideon is the same as in Dr. Wily 2, Mega Man 2, where Dr. Wily like, comes out from behind the machine. Uh, spoiler yeah. And you cut him down. Um, but yeah. the, the the final fight is is has so much going on and is so fun. Um, the one thing I do remember is that uh, Gideon Graves turns into does like God Kefka from Final Fantasy VI uh, <laughs> as one of his boss moves. I I think he steals the power of love from Scott. That that's what causes him to turn into that. Um, yeah. And then and then that I think it was the last track is we do Gideon Graves just has a sword. And it's just just so frenetic and fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, th I think that's sort of an interesting thing as well. Like you, you mentioned Kafka, but like what that puts me to mind of is like Sephiroth, where like you first fight the big angel version of him, and then like once you've defeated that one, then you go down into like this void, and you fight the normal version of him, uh, which is a much weaker um, thing. Um, one hundred percent. If it's if an Gideon interesting. Did was not looking exactly like uh, Kefka in this picture. Um, I would say I would say that it was more Sef I like in my memory, it's more Sephiroth related, but like I googled yeah. it and I was like, that's no, Kefka. Um, you know, it's 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 all the same, you know, ar archetype vibe of of that. and I, and I don't know. it is just just to uh, dial it back to the music. Um, mm. it it's so fun that my man's in the techno drone, basically. And you have all of this, like, really, really, you know, just, like, amped up wild uh, tunes. Um, mm. And uh, from his, uh, from uh, Gideon Graves' stage, but also in the, the mini stage uh, beforehand, World 6, yeah. the Nega Scott fight is so fucking much fun sonically, just because yeah. it, it, it's using all of these... Uh, these bits uh from you know the his theme scott pilgrim's theme but it's it's it, it's got just um it's got just amount of you know uh you know evil evil twin yeah, distortion on it it's like it's in a different key i think maybe uh i'm not like the kind of person who can identify when stuff's in different keys but it's like it's definitely like the same riff sort of transposed somehow um so it, it's cool that like both the stage like the the, the stage has uh, feels like the opposite of another winter um, yeah. uh, and it, it's sort of appropriate to like the look of the stage as well because it has this sort of fall vibe to it whereas you know the winter stage has the winter vibe to it um, and then obviously you go to Nega Scott and his team has that um, um, that sort of version of the Scott Pilgrim anthem as part mm. of his uh, as part of the boss fight and yeah, it's it's it's, an, it's a cool choice uh, it's maybe like an obvious choice but um I like when I like when things match like that. It's yeah, always, yeah. It always works for me. Um, I think you know, I I think uh, it being an obvious choice is removed if you nail it. You know, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Um, the, 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 that's my take on that sort of stuff. Yeah. But 
I don't too. It's just also I feel like there this point in the game too. I feel is already making so many wild creative decisions. I mean, I, maybe not wild is the wrong word, but it at the end of the game, you know, you have all this weird subspace uh, stuff. Like there, the plot of the game is has uh, Gideon like controlling Scott and Ramona's mind some, and it's not entirely um, obvious. Uh, the because it's a reference from the comics uh, and the movies as well. Yeah. What what parts are are they referencing? But they are referencing those parts, and and mm-hmm. it it's a it's really weird. And the the subspace highway stuff that they keep going into, and I think the it ends with Gideon being trapped in the subspace highway at the end. And there's all this the, traveling between worlds, teleporting is real in Scott Pilgrim, and also these. <laughs> these various mind powers that seem to be mostly around Gideon Graves. He seems to be the one with the actual powers. So yeah. it's interesting that they reflect that. Like as you go, go from Negascot into the Technodrome, um, it just feels like you, you've gotten into this, like I, one threshold higher of kind of like noisy, corrupted, uh, you know, beep boop music. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's a, it is such a weird from where like from from where it starts. I mean, it's not a grounded game or a grounded movie or even a grounded comic. I'm sure, but just like to get to where it does go, it's just like. Um, but I guess it's sort of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not even going to go into sort of interpreting something I haven't read, but yeah, um, you know, I I get the I guess that there's a sort of sense that like, um, you know, this is not necessarily real. Um, it's just um, a, a metaphysical representation of Scott growing up as a human. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> um, but, which you know, but, again, that's part of my problem with the movie is that I don't think it really nails that part of it. Um, um yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's been a while since I've seen the yeah. movie, so I don't want to get too into. It. I just find that the yeah. that the casting uh, when it works, it really works. But I, mm. I could go, I could go off. Um, but yeah. <laughs> for for the game itself, I feel like there's going back to the River City Ransom mm. uh, core, uh, which is what I feel is is the the core of this game. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it it has that logic of it. It's rooted in the reality of River City Ransom type games. You're just going to start in your world and you know go through the Rock Club, etc. But it's Scott Pilgrim, and the second half of Scott Pilgrim, no matter what version it is, gets real weird. And this leans into it weird while keeping that River City Ransom like mm. structure, and I think in a really, really good way. So from yeah. time to time, there might be like obvious choices fitting that, or you know, it's it's a little necessarily like weird going through it, it with all these you know, different influences. It's a River City Ransom game. It needs to also, you know, hit all of the adaptation points so the fans mm-hmm. will feel honored, et cetera. Um, yeah. And I think it works really well on that level. And it's, in, and, and I remember it and at the very least, uh, it being fun to to engage with on... Um... It's, it's, a, totally it's a mechanically game. satisfying game. Yeah, exactly um... what I mean. You know, it's yeah, it's it's fun to just actually sit down and play it and press the buttons and and you know see the attacks that happen and like there's a good feet game feel to it. Kinesthetics, I suppose, is what the um, uh, the YouTube video essayists would call it. Exactly. Um, 
Um, but yeah, it's it's an excellent game. Uh, you can buy it again, finally, as a, as yeah. we sort of discussed at first. Uh, we'll definitely, um, I think we're definitely going to sit down at some point and try and play it together. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I suppose before we leave, um, I suppose I do want to mention there was a bit of news with this soundtrack the other day. Um, just because Anna Managuchi put up a post saying that like uh, the complete edition of the soundtrack, which had been delayed for quite a while and includes some songs that aren't actually on the version of the soundtrack that I have, um, is actually starting to be shipped out and stuff. So, you know, that's really, really good. I'm not sure if you can still buy it or it was like a pre-order only situation. Um, but they also mentioned that like this is the first time they're actually making money off the soundtrack. Um, which considering it's their most well-known thing is sort of wild to me uh, and I'm sure has something to do with Ubisoft being dickheads. Um, uh, that's, you know, that's speculation on my part, but uh, don't sue me, Ubisoft. <laughs> um, but it does seem like um, a bit of sort of label fuckery sort of fuck them out of getting a, a good payday out of something that um, was is definitely their most popular thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the the missing tracks like the um, are game over, the good ending, and the perfect ending. Um, the last track is a is an ending track. I think it's just like the normal ending. Um, mm. I'm not sure if I ever bothered to play through the game enough to see all the endings. Um, yeah, I did. I did play the game a lot, and I got all the achievements. So uh, I guess I must have. But again. That was over 10 years ago, so yeah, um, my um, memories of that are hazy. <laughs> yeah, I recall, too, uh, even if having the... Uh, seeking out each individual character ending I don't think was necessarily as mm. as compelling as some of the other stuff. You no, I don't think so. That game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, Tom, um, this has been a special episode. I've had a... Yeah. Uh, I, I have put my foot in my mouth at least twice, but I've also had a great time. I had a great time too. It's like, it's, it's, I think when we first started talking about this podcast, um, Spock, Scott Pilgrim was one that came up a lot. And, you know, like I said, uh, it, it was difficult for me to sort of cut tracks and it, it's difficult for me to cut tracks for a lot of things. But for this one, uh, I was like, it's a short soundtrack. It's only 40 minutes of music. Um, I was like, if I cut too much, it's going to be a very short episode. <laughs> um, or it's just going to be primarily us talking. And we did a lot of talking in this episode. Yeah, but... yeah. Well, and so, <laughs> and then we both love it so much. You know, yeah. give, it, give it the we, full yeah, It's just one of those things that you do want to sort of talk about a lot. Um, we're we're going to do, uh, do another episode where we listen to the whole soundtrack plus those three new songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look out for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we have been CRT Sound System. Um, we are a podcast on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. Um, all of your uh, all of your podcatchers should have we're, it. We're on co-host. We're on Hive. Uh, we're on co-host and Hive. We're not. I haven't even bothered even looking at anything. <laughs> okay. No one was going to check that. I just resurrected my Mastodon account for, from like six or seven years ago and just started using that again. Um, but like I haven't been on Twitter for quite a while anyway, so um, I, I haven't missed Twitter, so to speak. But um, yeah, uh, we are. The podcast is still on Twitter at CRT Pod System. Um, I set up a Facebook page for it. We're on the CRT Sound System as well. If you want to go and follow that, um, follow it. Go and follow it. Uh, Reese 
tell people about yourself? Uh, well, I am on Twitter. I will never, never leave. Never log until off. They ban- until they ban me, uh, then I will leave. Uh, Elon Musk <laughs> screams at me to log off himself. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, which he seems to be doing right now. Uh, just going through the entire planet just telling them personally. Well, well uh, the, 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 that, nice, uh, that nice lady who just posts, his, posts her sandwiches made fun of him, and she's just been banned, like, repeatedly. <laughs> so um, that is... Uh, it's genuinely, like, it's such a wonderful thing to see Elon Musk bring, like, 2000s forum culture back. Um, where just, like, Every forum was run by a little petty tyrant uh, who would just ban you for no reason. And I, I, I miss that time. I do miss that no, time. No, it's, it's back and bigger than ever. The petty, it's like, imagine if low tax in like banned the president, like the current president of a country. Like that could happen <laughs> uh, with Elon Absolutely. Musk. It's going gonna, it's gonna to whip. Oh, um, anyways, uh, you can find me at your very good bud on Twitter. Also mm. on Twitch, sometimes I stream there uh, <laughs> after I've had way too much to drink. Uh, and uh, that that's fun to check into from time Absolutely, to time. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I suppose uh, yeah, I should mention um, I did set up a, a streaming uh, or a, a Twitch account for the podcast mm-hmm. again under CRT Pod System. Um, every now and then, when I feel like it, I might just jump on stream and just sort of shuffle my video game music and maybe just hang out, and chat. Um, that's so good time. Uh, that's really the genesis those. of. Uh... Of this, of the yeah, I mean, this, well. yeah, this is one of the things that sort of got us talking about it in the first place. Was just me streaming my uh, my music B playlist um, while uh, while we just hang out in the Discord. And I would just and I would just be like, I never even fucking heard of this RPG. And then you would uh, gently explain how it relates to Final Fantasy, so I could understand. <laughs> and uh, it's, it, it's, it goes from there. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, Thanks for listening, uh, everyone. Thanks for joining yeah. me again, Reese. Uh, that was a great one. So, yeah, we'll go out with this is the end. Bye. See ya.